This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to join us again on today. And as always, welcome, special welcome to all of you who are joining us for the very first time today. We are continuing our series this week where we're looking at the the UX job landscape and everything connected to it, whether it's recruiting, finding jobs, uh, managing teams, maturing teams. Of the And today, we're going to venture out a little bit more with my special guest today, and I'll let her introduce herself here in just a moment, Stephanie Volter. Ah, I got it right, <laughs> that time, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, Stephanie. you get the German version. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to have Stephanie go ahead and introduce yourself, Stephanie, and then we're going to dive into our topics and people will see how we're going to branch out a little bit differently today because she's an educator. So we're going to look at this from a little bit different angle today. And I think this is great and much needed. But Stephanie, take it away. Tell everybody who you are. Yay. Hello. Thanks for having me again. It's yes, always absolutely. super fun talking <laughs> to you. So, yeah, I'm Stephanie Walter. I'm a UX uh, designer, UX researcher, and I live and work in Luxembourg. I'm currently specialized in enterprise UX, uh, which means I get to design tools that are used by internal users in the, within the company. So no marketing annoying me <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> But I got like 100 problems, but marketing is not one of them <laughs> at the moment. But yeah, that's, that's basically, I'm kind of, I'm French. I used to work also in Germany, France, and yeah, no, Luxembourg is quite cool. Awesome. Awesome. So very happy to have you. If you're not already fought, I, I usually save this for the end of the show. I'm going to say it now. For those of you <laughs> who are on LinkedIn, if you're not connected to or following Stephanie, on LinkedIn, please do. She regularly, I mean, the the content that she provides, it's a broad scope of things. I've never seen her post anything that's not beneficial to the U.S. community. Please, please, please connect to Stephanie. In this day where misinformation is off the charts and people get connected to and they're not really offering any value, you, you got to find people that are going to present something of value. And Stephanie just always shares things. I don't get to see them all because of the terrible algorithms. And sometimes you got to, I found out there's a, there's an option on LinkedIn that you can actually tag or not tag, but flag someone's account so that their content, you always see it. There's a way to do that. And, And so that's probably something I need to do so I don't miss anything. But, but every time I see stuff, boom, wow, this is great, man. What a great tool, man. What great insights. And these are the kinds of people that you want to connect to because there's, we know there's a lot of loud people and it's sad when somebody's loud and they're saying absolutely nothing. And, but unfortunately <laughs> is quite common, but let's go ahead and dive in to our content today. We've got 
some set topics and we may end up going off the beaten path and bringing up something else. That's fine too. But let's dive in. And our first topic up for discussion today has to do with what I referred to. And these are my cue notes here. The muddied world of UX recruiting, the types of things that we have to deal with when you're looking for a job the things you have to endure, the things you get exposed to, the barrage of ridiculous emails. <laughs> so I know Stephanie's got some strong opinions yeah. and things to share on that. Let, let's, let's shine the light. Let's try to ease the, the frustrations that people are being exposed to. Then the way you do it is by reconciling it, by getting greater understanding. So let's dive into it. Stephanie, take it away regarding this topic. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about like the really, really strange and shitty offers we get and how it's kind of getting worse these days. Yeah. So yeah, I was sharing. Uh, so we, I live in Luxembourg. It's a quite a small country and uh, a lot of people in the UX community, we know each other. So usually when we get an offer, we, if it's a good offer, we forward it to the other people. If it's bad, we screenshot it and ask friends, Hey, did you get that one as well? And like recently, uh, <laughs> Yeah, my partner got this offer. Um, it was really, really bad. It was just a few lines about, uh, ah, I can read it like, hey, hope you are doing great. I do have a challenging, challenging role for you as a UI slash UX designer in Belgium location. I came across your profile. It seems to be great fit to this role. What role? <laughs> it's like, okay, to know more, please free, uh, feel free to contact me. And that's it. And the fun part is like, two different people from two different companies sent the exact same copy pasted message to him. Like one of those sent it to me and I think another, uh, a few other friends got it. It's like, you can't go more generic than that. It's like challenging role. What does it mean? It's like, okay. And then you are a great fit for this role. You, you could just like send it to anyone for any role. Hey, we're looking for a butcher. It's a challenging <laughs> butcher role or something like that. Um, then when he asked, so our, I declined. And uh, when I declined, the, the lady was all like, yeah, can you send me your resume so that uh, if something comes up, uh, I could, um, I could uh, send it to you. It's like, hell to the no. So there's this kind of trend where people, they're just trying to collect resumes. I yeah. was joking on LinkedIn about Pokemon. You got to catch them all. And <laughs> it's basically that. Like, you know, you feel like a Pokemon. They're just throwing this little ball at you and they don't really care. It's like when I was um, playing Pokemon Go, you, you know, you catch them all. And then uh, at some point you don't have any space anymore. And then you take a look at the, the Pokemon you got and you remove the <laughs> the one that are not great and I kind of kind of things like that a little bit just like throwing all those pokeballs around and hoping someone will catch them and the thing is we are in Europe so the reason uh, they have to uh, they have to ask us to, for the resume because like basically my resume is on LinkedIn anyone could take it and put it in their system if they wanted to it would be really really shady I would be mad but technically they can, there's an export to PDF on yeah. every LinkedIn yeah, profile, is. you know, but yep. since this is Europe, they have to ask you like, Hey, can I get your resume? It's like, no. <laughs> so yeah, they're trying basically to fill in databases, Yeah, which is uh, yeah. quite annoying. And uh, it's a little <laughs> bit tricky at some point. Like, even if you refuse, they ask you for something. It's really sad. 
It's really sad. One, one yeah. of the things you just made me think about that, that stands out to that. A few things. I made a few notes here. Ambiguity. You, here you are, mm. especially when you are in the market for a job. Whether you know a lot of people are being laid off now, and I won't get into the details of that because that's that's shady. A lot of the, and some people are like, Darren, how can you say that? You'll hear me break it down later why I say that it's shady. I, I explained it to some people recently, but I, I won't get into it today because mm. uh, I'll go down a rabbit hole. But you're, you're looking for a job. You're interested in a job. You need a job. You're anxious to get a job. You're passionate about getting a job. And then you get an email from somebody that says, hey, I got this great role. Completely ambiguous. You yeah. don't know what the role is. And, and I get calls like that. Hey, Darren, are you interested? Wow. Are you? Hi, Darren. How are you? And, and, and it's, it's weird because you can tell they're all talking from like the same template. And mm. Hello. Greeting, name, <laughs> hello, Darren. Um, um, ask how you do. How are you doing today? It's all, and I'm sitting there like mouthing it out on the other side. They, they can't see me. I'm mouthing out what I know they're about to say because they're going to follow that script. And I've received like a thousand of these calls before, so you, you get. Then, then they say, uh, "I have a job opportunity. Are you interested?" Who in the world? You you took the time to put together this ambiguous greeting or send this ambiguous email yeah. then you talk to me about a job that what is it a janitor i literally got a job offer one day or, or uh an inquiry an email about a janitor role why are you writing to me as a uxer i got this great opportunity as a janitor really i never heard of a ux janitor what is it you know i mean it's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous stuff i got one from facebook they wanted me to be a javascript developer and i was like wow yeah, I think the I know how to write uh, alerts in JavaScript <laughs> in the browser, and that's that's it. You don't want me to do JavaScript from for Facebook, right? <laughs> Trust me. Right. And then I told to the guy, like, no, look, I'm not interested. I I don't do JavaScript. It's like, oh, if you ever learn, please reach out. It's like, really? I'm not gonna <laughs> learn. <laughs> First, Facebook, I don't want to work for you. Then I'm not going to learn <laughs> JavaScript to work for Facebook. This is like, maybe you could actually ask people who write JavaScript for a living, not exactly. me. But exactly. it's like, how do, how do I end up on those? It's like, HTML, CSS, yeah, sure, I can do that. JavaScript, come on. You, you remind me of two things when you say that. One, there was a post this past week. I won't say who 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 did it, but Debbie did actually rip the thing apart on her show on Friday. A person made a comment about, they said, first, if a job posting says UX, UI, that's not really a bad thing. I'm going, really? <laughs> okay. You, you don't think that that hurts the discipline. You don't think that's an issue. You don't think that the company is schizo. You don't think that they don't know, you don't think they know, don't know what they want, really? You 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 think this is okay? And he goes on and say, yeah, because, you know, I had a job before and I got the code and my code wasn't great. And, and but they didn't, that's, they didn't, that's all they needed was just me to generate some code, even if it wasn't that good. Why are you encouraging people to do that's a bad sad. job? I mean, and, yeah. and, and the person posted this with like no shame. No concern, no nothing. And, and I'm like, yeah, and I, I did code and it wasn't great, but they didn't need anything great anyway. And I did this and it wasn't great. Oh, so you just told the whole world that you did a bunch of work and yeah. none of it was any good. 
why why are we satisficing? Why are you encouraging people to satisfy? There's enough fake it till you make it that's going on. And yeah. there's a dollar figure associated with fake it till you make it, folks. If you, if you, I mean, <laughs> why put forth effort to fake something where you could put forth less effort and do a great job? That's the, that's the weird thing about faking it. It takes more work than actually excelling at something. Uh, but you know, I don't want, that's another rabbit hole that I'll go down. But <laughs> ambiguity is just, it's amazing. And, and I, I, I know I have recruiters that I know. I have recruiters that I respect a tremendous, a great, great deal. Mm. And, and I feel for them because number one, when they're recruiting, they're between a rock and a hard place because the companies are not always communicating accurately. So you're trying to help them fill a role that they really didn't give you the information you needed to get the job done. Then on the flip side of that, you got these recruiters that are like, that are a curse to the discipline. And I'm not even in the, the, the discipline and I can see it that they're very lazy they don't want to do their job. I mean, you mentioned before we started recording about how they they ask you, "Oh, you, uh, you, um, uh, you're not interested. Do you have anybody else that you can recommend yeah. to the job?" You know, like, okay, yeah, <laughs> they recommend me your friends. Yeah, like, I'm I'm not going to do your job for you. If it's a viable job, yes. I believe you said this. If it's viable and I want yeah. to help my friends, yeah, yeah, I, I know somebody who might be interested. But you know, when you go back, most of the time, is that really the case? Or are you really trying to know that most of the time they, they ask you about a job that you don't want. They present a job that's it's completely ambiguous. You don't even know what the job is. Oh, yeah, I want to recommend this ambiguous job to my friends. I mean, <laughs> that's contradictory. If they're my friend, why would I want to? Hey, you're my friend. I want to put some nails in your tire. Why, why would you do that? So it's really yeah. the, the proposal is bad and they make good recruiters look bad. Because then everybody, here's a recruiter, ugh, and you just tense up because you don't know what you're going to get from them because 19 out of 20 recruiters you talk to, and that number is not an exaggeration, 19 out of 20 recruiters are like, are you are you getting paid to fill your database? Or are you I checking? I think some oh. are, actually, you know. <laughs> it's like, no, really, I'm not joking around. Like, I yeah. think some are paid by how many resumes they can gather and put into a database which is a big problem because then they do shady things like that. Like, yep. Hey, Oh, give me your resume and we can recontact you. I was like, uh, there's a company in Luxembourg. I'm not going to name it, but that's a specialty, <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, we have this great offer and, um, they kind of give you enough information to maybe interested. And then they're like, uh, yeah, but if you want the name of the client, uh, then uh, you need to give me your resume. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to give you my resume Ooh. to get more information about this this job. It's like, <laughs> first you give me the information and then if I'm interested, I might give you, I will give you my, my resume, you know, but it's like, oh, no, we don't do it like that in here. I was like, well, I happen to you know someone who knows your boss. <laughs> <So> <laughs> maybe I can ask, ask him, you know, if you don't do it like that, but um it's dark patterns. It's dark patterns in recruiting. It's completely dark, dark patterns. <laughs> it's just, and I don't know if they're paid by the the, the the resume they put into their database, but it's, uh, and then the, I think they recontacted me and a few other friends a month ago, because again, they were recruiting for a UX position somewhere in Luxembourg. And it was the same spiel, like, yep. yeah, I have this position, but you need to give your, 
put uh, the resume on our site if you want. Uh, so it's not even give the resume to the recruiter here. It's like, we have a recruiting site. We want you to put your information in there so that then they can say, look, we have that many candidates yeah. for IT jobs in Luxembourg. And then they will maybe give you some information about the client because there's some client in Luxembourg. Or I think there's some client in every country where word of mouth, you know, you don't want to work for them. Right. <laughs> Right. It, it's like basically you have friends, you arrive, and like, uh, oh, you know, like I heard about that, and everyone goes, <laughs> you know, like that face, like they just ate, ate some really, really sour lemon, <laughs> like that face. So this is why usually we try to have the name of the client pretty quickly when, yeah. when you have like people reaching out to you because you don't want. That's the thing. You don't want to waste their time either. If it's like one of right. those clients where you clearly don't want to work for them, just give the name already, then <laughs> we just don't continue. Because it's silly to go through a few rounds of interviews and then only then know the name of the client. And it's like, oh no, by the way, I never want to work for them. Right. right. Which is kind of a, a big problem here because a lot of people recruit um, for consulting agencies. And since there's competition between the consulting agency, they really try to keep the name of the client out of the conversation yeah, yeah. for as long as possible, which is, yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It can be pretty quickly quite annoying as well. So Yeah. You, you made me think about something else, and this is a, a variation of, even on what we're addressing here. Uh, this is sort of a, a heads up for those of you out there that are, I know people are, I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to get a job. Sometimes when you're really, really, I'll say over eager, and, and it, it, that's not really a thing, but I'm, I'm saying it to make a point. When you're so eager, saying it more perfectly this time, when you're so eager to get a job that you turn off your critical thinking, you can put yourself mm. in danger. Now you, you deserve to get a job. You deserve to be in the market to try to find a job. It's a, it's an honorable thing to, to be out and trying to find a position. That's all fantastic. But if you're so eager that you stop recognizing key issues, you could end up really being in trouble. And, and what I'm getting at is that there are people who the name of the game for them is identity theft. And mm. they have found out that you can use, you can appear to be a recruiter yeah, and steal someone's that. identity. Get the resume, get the social security number here in the States. I Mm. I, I don't know what they use over in in Europe, but that's the equivalent. And maybe they do have some. Same same kind of information. So they want to get that information. The easiest way to get it is to talk to somebody who's anxious about a job. Well, I need your social security. I've I've talked to people before that I've given them. I mean, I haven't suffered anything, not yet. So mm-hmm. I've gone down this road before and I thought it was a really great opportunity. They threw a really big company name out there that I was interested in working with. They got all the information and boom, ghosted. And and who's to say they were legit? They just ran off all with right. all my personal information. Yeah. Some people want, they want, I've actually had my portfolio content stolen before. And somebody criticized me recently. He got a password on his on his portfolio. And here's the weird thing. The person who, who was complaining that I had a password in my portfolio was not a recruiter. They're not a UX veteran. They're an aspiring UX person that has been quote unquote freelancing for five years and nobody <laughs> will hire them. And, and folks, please stop saying you're freelancing when you're not really freelancing. 
Uh, Got to say that too. Don't fall fall for uh, that that thing that uh, boot camp say. Well, you know, you can tell people that you're freelance until you get a job, and as soon as you say that, you're no longer eligible for that for a refund from them because you find a job within X amount yeah, of time. Yeah, found the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't fall for that trick. But don't go out there saying yeah. you're a freelancer when you're not. Pardon, pardon, Stephanie. Yeah, loopholes in those uh, shitty uh, contracts is uh, usually easy to find. <laughs> yeah, but beware, folks. Beware that you, no, you could... You, oh, go ahead. Yeah, for the... So it's identity theft, but it goes way beyond that. I think I shared an article a few uh, weeks ago, uh, no, months ago, and I think Debbie also talked about it on her show, uh-huh. where there was some guy who pretended to be a whole company and started fa- having yeah. designer work for him for free. Yep. And here they lost their time, which it, which it, it sucks, but they only lost their time. Um, recently, I've seen someone posted on LinkedIn that um, some people said they were... I don't remember which big company and uh, they did this kind of scam where they ask you okay you're hired it's uh, really great and then we're yeah. going to send you some uh, computer stuff but you need to put uh, your credit card in this site you buy it with that and then the company is going to reimburse you and it's just a scam you never get um, <laughs> the computers wow. and you lose like two thousand three thousand a lot of money on that which is is what's driving me nuts is at the moment there's so many people looking and there's so many sorry but assholes trying to prey on people looking for a job with so many things like identity theft fake offers just to scam you out of some monies and things like that it's it's sad but it's also becoming kind of super dangerous at some point it's like who can who can you trust so yeah. the thing is, like, shitty recruiters, you can trust them, apparently. <laughs> and that's why it's important. <laughs> At least. To, yeah, it's important. I mean, there are, we had a conversation recently. Uh, Joel Barr has a has a thing he does now called Office Hours on Tuesday nights. And, and we had a discussion during that session. Really energetic, great conversation, especially if for those that are new. Uh, getting into UX, look up Joel Barr. That's another person that's worth following. Yeah, there. and and we were talking about which the question came up: which recruiters do you recommend? Uh, I highly recommend that you build a database. Those of you out there that are going to be dealing with recruiters mm. or even contracting houses, make sure that you identify ones that you're willing to deal with. Talk to your friends. Talk to people who are mentoring you. Talk to people. Who do you recommend? Who do you think is a good company to deal with? And then reach out to them. You reach out to them and get in the database. You reach out to them and, and apply. So then you're in the system. Now you've got the building of a relationship and now you got somebody that's reaching out to you and you know it's not somebody who's a scam artist. I'm calling you yeah. from ABC, ABC Recruiting House. We want to hire you for this great job that's paying all this money. Don't you want to get it? Well, I need all your information. Then they run off with your information. Next thing you know, you got credit cards being opened in your name. That's what these people do. So identify reputable companies. If somebody reaches out to you, find out who they are. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many emails I get somewhere in the vicinity, a minimum of about 20 to 25 emails every week, Stephanie, from companies that I don't recognize claiming that they're recruiting mm-hmm. for a UX position. And I'm like, okay, well, I can tell you're lazy because you haven't looked at my my resume. You haven't looked at my LinkedIn yeah. profile. One, one time, and I'll write them back. 
and I'll say, please remove me from your company's database because you're lazy, obviously. And and if I can't trust you to do to try to present a job that's vi- actually viable, I'm not looking. But I still I like to know what's going on out there. I do do that. But you just send me something ridiculous. Here's a here's a contract job for five minutes. Uh, why would I want to do that if I'm in a permanent role? <laughs> Uh, even if oh, I, I was making, <laughs> yeah, you know, th- th- this is ridiculous. So one day I said, please, and, and I almost should, I should put it somewhere and just copy and paste it. Give them a don't taste of their own medicine with the copy and paste. It. I got that. <laughs> I know uh, that's the advice I would give to people. I have a Google doc now, which is called uh, quick answers. And ah, I can yes. just like copy paste. <laughs> I have, I don't know how many of those. And yeah, it's basically because I'm really bad at saying no and also at getting rid of people, but just by having like pretty finances, it makes it quite easy for for this kind of things. Also for many things, like have a pretty financer with links to your resume portfolio in case someone actually interesting is contacting you, then you can just like copy paste the whole thing, give them the information. So yeah, definitely have a place where you can copy paste stuff from with all this information it yeah. really really helps well these guys i don't want them contacting me again so yeah. <laughs> i send this message and all it says is please remove me from your company's database and one and that's it and, and then i click the it's google i click the little spam thing and, and, mm-hmm. and google doesn't even respond to that I, I i've actually sent recruiters messages fake or fake or just low profile recruiters messages I've, I've indicated that they're spam like two, 300 times and Google still, the email still makes it to my inbox. Mm, so yeah. congrats Google for that, for that wonderful execution on that. But one of them wrote me back once and they said, well, you need to take your name out of so-and-so and so we won't contact you. Said my, my, and he talked about dice <laughs> said my information on dice is not searchable. So, and this, and, 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 oh, and folks, don't fall for that little message on the bottom. Those companies, a lot of times, they'll have a link that says they're, they're reaching out to you about a job. And then, but yet, there is something that indicates that it's something, there's something scammy. And, and I, don't, I shouldn't say scammy. There's something that's really off base about them writing you because one of the last lines in the email will be, Please unsubscribe if you don't want to receive these messages anymore. Since when yeah. did you get a message from a recruiter that has to do with a subscription? <laughs> so, and, and if you click it, you know what happens? You don't get unsubscribed. You get more of the same. Yeah, you confirm the email is legit. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I got that not with the recruiters, <laughs> but with people who want to put like links on, links on my blog. They find my uh, Maltem Consulting, so they found my company email. They even found my email at my clients. So I had like people call me on my client's Skype trying to sell me stuff. I don't even know I had a number. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What they do is they call a reception and they ask to talk to me. And apparently reception is just like forwarded the calls and stuff like that. Uh. And so, yeah, it's messy because then once you get on those databases, the issue is that it's really, really hard to get removed yes. because I'm not even sure on which database I am. I, I think a marketing one, but then they say, okay, this is um, like your blog. And I think they have a database of all the way to contact me. The fun part is they also have super old emails. Like some people, they will copy paste all the email they have yeah. from me. Yeah. 
it's like, thank you for telling me what's in your database. But yeah, in Europe, you can say, yeah, please remove that PS GDPR, but often they don't really care. So yeah. it's kind of a, a big mess because yeah, at some point it even brings the noise. It's like, maybe you are actually trying to find a job and then you get all those, th- these kind of noisy things where you get your hopes up and we're like, oh, maybe that's something interesting. Then you waste time replying and stuff like that. So it's even worse. Like if you have to deal yep. with all the noise plus the actual recruiters that you want to go with because they have like something that is actually interesting, that's yeah, that's a lot. It's amazing stuff. I, I I click subscribe. I get added to more stuff. That person that I mentioned, when I let them, I replied. You know, since they decided to chastise me, they they blame <laughs> me for them contacting me. I said I've written your company specifically over 10 times and I'm still in your database. I've had people say, yes, we'll do that. I'm still in your database. I've clicked the subscribe or the unsubscribe link before. I'm still in your database. Take me out of your database. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. so it, it's really bad. They're not really, I mean, those companies, even if they did have something of note, you're, you're, a lot of times you're not going to get it. And I even went to work for a similar company. They're not like those, but, I went to work for a similar company once and, and I love something you said before we started rec- our recording too. And I've got it typed in here as a quote. They don't really care. I mean, it, yeah. how it, it's so important. That's why building relationships with recruiters so that they know who you are and they can deal with you as a human being and not as a number really getting into their wheelhouse. So they really care about you and you can see validation that they care about you. I cannot tell you how important that really is. And and the best relationships I've ever had, whether I was a hiring manager or a person trying to find a job, it comes out of building relationships with recruiters. Hmm. It's so invaluable. They've got to care. You've got to see that they care because when they're just reaching out to you, yeah, I have a job for you. Do you want it? They don't care about you. And and, and no. you are you are in crosshairs. You have to remove yourself out of the recruiter's crosshairs. And I do mean that as a, as a metaphor of they're going to take you out <laughs> some kind of way. You have to transition that into a human uh, a relationship, a going back and forth. We're going to have dialogue. You're going to understand who I am. You're not going to just search for me, find a keyword, and then try to engage with me off of a keyword. That's not a genuine relationship, and it's not going to help you. Don't be so desperate for a job. Don't be so eager for a job. Again, you turn off your critical thinking because you will suffer for it in the long run. Mm. I had a tip for that, but it's not very accessible. But at some point in my LinkedIn uh, name, I had a special character, which is a, was a little, I don't know, a triangle or something. I removed it because screen reader would read it. But then the thing, if you have something strange or a typo or something, is then you can spot pretty quickly the automated messages because they will just like take LinkedIn name. And then when you see something like, hey, Stephanie Walter, little icon, you know, like, oh, you're you're not a human. Yeah, you're, you're a human being, but this message was automated. So, but yeah, the issue is, yeah, for accessibility, it's not great because then whenever someone will... Uh, read the page with a screen reader. They will kind of read the emoji next 
to your name. So I still need to find a way to <laughs> to find a new way to do that, yeah. which would be accessible and um, kind of still would tell me pretty quickly that this is an automated message. But uh, but that can help because then you know that if someone took the time to actually write your name by yeah. hand and not just like use something automated, you already know that maybe this relationship will be more f- investing time into because they consider you as a human being and as you said, not as as a number that they can put into their database or something. Yeah. yeah. You remind me of how on LinkedIn, I'm Darren Hood, and then I have initials after my name, mm. representative of, I've got two master's degrees, and I've got a uh, an, an NNG certification, which, by the way, has never done anything for me in my career, but uh, I didn't pay for it. So, <laughs> But when I get an email that says, Dear... Mr. Hood, M-S-I-M-I-M-E, yeah. and then I know something's wrong because you know that's not anybody's name. <laughs> but they, but they yeah. do it anyway, and I'm like, no, this is bad. Nothing good will come of this. And, and I will say this, and we'll move on to the next topic unless you have another comment on this. What When people do that, when recruiters do that, and again, making good recruiters look bad is very disrespectful is very demeaning when you take somebody and reduce them to like a boilerplate you know mm-hmm. I, I, people you know, they've done weird things with your name or they spell something wrong or they address something they misgender that, you yes that's yeah. happened to a friend like, of mine who like, had on. to tell three times uh, that pronoun Ooh. and then uh, yeah. the guy kept on using the wrong ones like dude <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to work for you or with you. When a recruiter disrespects you, you know you don't want a relationship with them. Mm. You know, and it you it is a relationship, whether it's good or bad. And if you've ever had a bad relationship, which I'm sure practically everybody has, don't enter into another one because you get in touch with a bad recruiter or they get in touch with you. So but we're gonna we're gonna shift to the next topic. And I've got it documented here is recruiting and education. So go ahead and take that one away, Stephanie. Uh, recruiting and education. It's about educating recruiters about what's UX and UI and things like that. So they'd stop doing mistakes, but also <laughs> about helping them understand what they're looking for in an actual uh, kind of UX position or something. Because as you said, like sometimes the recruiters, they have to deal with company who don't know really what they need. And then they they are supposed to do kind of a advisory role where they say, look, I know you want this, 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 and this in the profile, but we will never find someone with all of those qualifications because you're basically looking for free people here. So maybe we should focus on that, 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 and that. Which is uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of things to do, I think, in, in this topic um, about making sure that recruiters understand what's a UX designer, what's a UX researcher, what's a UI designer, what do we do on a daily basis? Otherwise, we will keep on getting offers that ask us to do HTML and CSS for research jobs where you don't really need to do HTML and CSS for a UX researcher job or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you remind me of something when you said that I thought of there are times because the recruiter doesn't understand. Let me back up. There are scenarios where the company doesn't under, understand. 
the recruiter doesn't understand. And then you apply and you get into this whirlpool where you, and you don't know that nobody doesn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) And and then you get hired and then you're posting the LinkedIn. Oh, celebrate with me. I got a new job. And you have no idea what's lying ahead because you don't know that nobody understands anything. And I remember I had a job once and I thought everybody understood. And hey, this I'm saying this. So you nobody's exempt from this. I go into a meeting and everybody is, is talking about what we're going to do with this project and how we're going to help drive value on the project. And I make a statement and everybody sits there and they look at me like I'm like I'm like from another planet. And and then I looked, I looked at, at the at the responses I was getting. I didn't say anything wrong. Nobody knew what I was talking about. And and it's like nobody and then I found out. I'm like, okay, well, I'm here now. And but I need to do some digging. And I found out my boss was fantastic, one of the best bosses I've ever had. How unfortunately, the company was completely <laughs> In, in disarray when it came to UX. Yeah. I found out that my job, and I've told this story before, I my job was born out of the CEO walking into the CTO's office. Hey, well, I think we need somebody to look after our website. You agree? Yeah, okay, boom. Less than 30 seconds. If a job got birthed out of a conversation that took less than 30 seconds and neither of them knew what UX was because they said that, but then the CTO realized that they needed a UX person that was going to be responsible for their website. Okay. I've done that before. I've been there before. No big deal. But then we have other products that we can, I can help contribute to as well. That's I, I got pulled into that meeting, but basically nobody knew anything about UX. So, and not only them, but the team members didn't know anything about UX. And they knew that I was a new person, but they, when I came in there talking about UX, nobody knew what I was talking about. So you can go into a company, it's not the only time it's happened to me in my career either, sad to say, where you go in, you get baited, you can get baited and switched. You got, you thought that you, you interviewed for one thing because that's what the job posting said. They talked about that during the job interview. And then when you sat down to do your work, and they gave you your work. You after two months, you never got anything to do that was reflective of what you thought you got hired for. These are things that exist, folks. These are things that are happening, yeah. which is why a lot of people, and we remind people about this all the time. You're being interviewed, but you're also interviewing them. You have to make sure to ask the right questions. You have to be willing to ask questions that you might get an answer to that's going to disappoint you. But would you rather be disappointed during the interview process or would you be rather be uh, disappointed after you're there? Now, some people will say, well, you can disappoint me all you want when I'm getting paid. Think about yeah. that. Think about that and be more honest. Do you really want to get hired for something that you don't want to do? Something that you don't find any pleasure in? Oh, I got to pay the bills, Darren. Yes, you do which is why you want to find something more suitable because if you stay there for two months and then you're gone, are you going to be able to pay the bills then? <laughs> so find uh, something. <laughs> it will also not look good on your resume as well. No. But the thing is sometimes you can, 
I think if you're a senior, you know, you can do something, maybe kind of mitigate the damage in such situation, trying to kind of help them and say, okay, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I'm going to try to do my best, yeah. bring the maturity level a little bit higher or something like that. If you're a senior, but I see that happen often to junior, which is exactly that. Like the company yep. decided they needing one of those UX, UI something <laughs> because Gartner or whatever, they read a blog post. They have no idea what the person does. And then you have this junior who get hired because usually it's such company, they don't have a budget for a senior, even mid-year. It's usually kind of small budget. So it ends up with juniors who just are fresh out of school and we have them we see a lot of those people in mentoring sessions also sometimes on the delta cx um community where they're like i was promised that at the interview none of this is happening yeah. what shall i do and then you're like as a senior you could maybe bounce back but as a junior it's really really hard to say yeah look trust me we can do something with the maturity and maybe we could do that and that so for me, that's kind of the, the trickiest part is uh, yep. if you're in junior into such a position, you're you're super happy that you found your first, your first job. But at some point, if you're not doing what you wanted to do, then it's uh, it's kind of it kind of brings you backwards. You know, it's like yes. waste of time, time you could have used with another company. Yep. And it's kind of a big problem at the moment, which is like super low maturity, but also UX slash UI. I hate that, but it's became a, a buzzword. So company know they kind of need us to do something, but some are not kind of not really aware of what the something should be. Yeah. I, I, so, you, yeah. you made me think about something there too. If you're a junior UX person, and you're interviewing with a company and it looks promising, make sure you inquire about the structure of the team. Because, you know, some people, you don't know what questions to ask at a certain point in time. One of the questions that you can always present, how is your team currently structured? How many people are on your team? How is the team mm. currently structured? Because you, you're probably going to be interviewing with whoever the manager is, but a lot of companies hire folks to run their UX departments that don't know what UX is. So if that's the case, you want to know about that too, because you're not just trying, you can't just try to get a job. You have to try to, you're managing the trajectory of your career. So for that reason, yes, I would like to get a job, but I want to know how viable this really is. Because if you go in and there's no senior, who's going to mentor you? Because the best mentor is the one you have at work. Who's going to mentor you at work? Who's going to groom you at work? Are they just going to bring you in and just throw work at you? I mean, it, it, you remember at the at the carnival, they have the person that's sitting on the thing and people are throwing the balls. And if they hit the ball, then the person <laughs> falls into the pool of water. Yeah. When you go into a company and that's you don't have any seniors that you can that you can support anybody that can help groom you, anybody that can guide you and direct you. Somebody who actually knows what in the world is going on. If you don't have that. That's really the metaphorical position that you're in. You are sitting. Hey, I'm here for work. Okay, please go and sit up there. Uh, okay. Uh, what am I going to be doing? Oh, you just wait until somebody hits the thing and knocks you in the water because that's all you're going to do all day. It's the equivalent. So yeah. you have to not just get a job, but get make sure that job is a building block. Make sure that job is going to set you up for future success. Make sure that job is going to help you to grow. 
See, and there's not only, and I talk about this a lot, and I've got a workshop on this too, and we'll hopefully deliver it in the not too distant future. I did it at a former employer in its rough form, but personal UX maturity, there's that. There's not just organizational UX maturity, there's discipline-wide UX maturity, and we suck as a discipline right now because of what a lot of people are doing. There's organizational UX maturity, uh, and past companies, I have assigned UX maturity levels to to projects, to departments, and to individual yep. stakeholders <laughs> because it helps me to understand what I need to do in order to manage that work. But you, as an individual, you are also, you have a personal UX maturity level. And, and if you, what you, the work you end up doing, the people you end up working with are going to determine whether that is going to go up or down. And Stephanie just mentioned it. You, you, you'll set yourself back. I got a job. Yeah, you got a job, but where are you going? Are you going up or are you going down? And, and if you're already at the bottom, you can't afford to go down too much. <laughs> that that yeah. shouldn't be up for, for discussion, but that's what a lot of people are doing. So you want to find out how many people are here. Okay, we got a four. There's four people on the team. And then they'll usually when you ask that, they'll tell you who's on the team. And they'll tell you the the experience level of each of those people. Good. I need to know that. I went to work for a company once and they said, Darren, I want to bring you in so you can be a senior to my seniors. I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. That sounds like something I'd like to do. But then after I got in there and I started looking around, I found out, did she have this conversation with them? Oh, because (laughs) you wanted to bring me in to be a senior to the seniors, but they had no they had no desire to engage. And a lot of people in UX today do suffer from inferiority complexes. That was the company that I worked out. I don't know if you heard me tell the story or not, Stephanie, where I delivered my talk on emotional intelligence and, and the equivalent of mm-hmm. a riot ensued at the end because I had everybody take a quick test for mind tools. So you get a quick high-level gauge of where you are from an EQ standpoint. And, and people were getting really terrible scores. And they were mad about it. And then they found out that my score was off the charts and it was almost, I think the top score on that is 75 and my score was like a 72 or 73. They went nuts. They began to protest. They began to yell and scream. They just screamed for the whole rest of the presentation about anything that they possibly could. That's what trolls do. So, uh, and even when I shared, okay, if you want to learn more about EQ, if you want to get better with your EQ, Here's a list of books that I recommend that you could check out. Well, if I click on that, are you going to get a kickback from Amazon? I mean, they just, you know, these kind of people, they just get, they get intellectually and emotionally and cognitively violent for absolutely no reason. I'm delivering this topic to help you. You just saw my score. You need to, it's time for you uh, to grow. Uh, Not for me to, you know, attacking me is not going to help you. And, and so folks need to be aware of that. And it, I, I learned something about that team and it wasn't too much longer after that that I had to get out for my own sanity. I had to I had to get out of that organization because people were not going to let you work and, and you need to understand what the team is like. It's one thing to get a job, but please know and understand there are a lot more moving parts than what you think there are. 
when you come into a company. So you had a, and if you're at the beginning of your career, you got to learn about it. Here I am 27 years in 40 years in from a, from a corporate America standpoint, and I'm still learning things. So there's always something to learn. There's always something new that's happening. And, and, and the job is one thing, the discipline is another thing, but there's again, all these moving parts and you part of, of, of managing your career is understanding these things and knowing how you have to navigate around them. Yeah, that's the thing. But then I think another solution, if you're a junior and then they don't have another designer or a mentor, you can ask them to pay for one. Like I did that. I was basically nice. paid by a, <laughs> by a company to help uh, their junior who didn't, nice. she um, was the only one in the company, only designer. And then, yeah, that's the kind of thing you can do as well. So I'm not saying if there's no other designer or no mentor, it's going to be a bad situation, but I think there's ways to mitigate that. If you can find some people who can act as mentors, even if they're not exactly in the design, they can still mentor you on other things if you're a junior. And then if you need a design mentor, someone to talk to, I think it's perfectly fine to say to the company, look, at some point, I will need someone to help me grow. If you can't provide that, could we kind of arrange yep. that you pay for mentorship? Or There's also a lot of free mentorship programs. Um, like I, I know in France, there's one specific one uh, for women in tech, things like that. So if you can find like at some point, some people to help you, I would just say if possible, don't pay it for yourself. Really try to have the company yeah. paid for <laughs> for you because yeah. otherwise like you make money, but then you have to pay out of your own pockets because they don't have any other designer. So yeah. it's a little bit tricky. That's a really smart but yeah, approach. Yeah. I like yeah. User wizard. Solutions at some point. Yeah, I think User Wizard mm-hmm. is in Switzerland and, and that's a pay mentor service, but they do phenomenal mm-hmm. work. Uh, we were having a session uh, with Debbie one day and, and we were just suggesting to people that if you, you're in a situation where you don't have seniors, and thank you for, for, for going there with that, if you don't have a senior, yeah, it, it doesn't mean that you can't take the job there. It doesn't mean not to take the job there, but you still need to know what's going on so you can navigate the waters. So yeah. another option is if you connect to a strong UX community, you can actually get a lot of insights that will help <laughs> you uh, at work. We have the UX chit chat hour. That is, we meet monthly. People come there for, for mentoring advice. Uh, you got um, uh, Amy Santee, who, who does things to help people from a career standpoint, and she's doing some mentoring. There, there, there are people, I am not, no, ADP list, no. Just so you know, no, no, I do not support them. Uh, they're in it for themselves, and the people in charge are trolls, uh, and they're just trying to make a name for themselves. They don't really care about the discipline. I'm saying it, don't care. Uh, so, uh, but you have people out there that do care. You have people out there that will help you. And if you, so if you don't have it while you're connecting to these strong communities and you're getting more and more information and learning more and more because you can bring those in a mentor community, you can bring up that specific item that you need insights about. Whereas if you're getting UX education, even a degree program, the stuff that you get from mentors is not being discussed Mm -hmm. in degree programs at all. Just so you know, I mean, I tell my students and I'm about to start teaching at two more universities here real soon. uh, I tell my students the things that you don't normally get from the content because I want my students to be, uh, I want my students to be equipped. 
So I, I want people to be strong. I want people to be successful. And you're not going to get there if your head is in a book. It, it's always that. It doesn't matter what discipline you're in. Uh, it's not. This is not just UX. There's always something that's not covered in the books that's critical to how you need to achieve success in that in that particular in that particular field. So, so I give my students those types of things. I mentor people myself, but I do it in in quite a different way than other people do because I can't risk. Uh, failing to manage my own time because I'm helping you. So so I set up something that's more, hey, I'm posting this information, tap into it. I've got this talk over here, tap into it. You have questions, I will answer those. I'm going to start t- talking about sending out a newsletter here. I'm talking about starting mm-hmm. a, a, a bi-monthly mentoring session on Saturdays so th- where people can just come show up and we'll answer your questions. We'll do all of that stuff. That stuff is needed. You shouldn't have to pay for yeah. it. Sometimes you will, but but sometimes you don't have to. There are resources that are available. Tap into them, but just keep moving yourself forward. That's what I I saw some Twitter circle also. I, I need to remember. I, I'm sorry. I forgot the name who was doing that. It's completely random. Like I opened Twitter and there was someone doing kind of a chit chat and uh, not circles. Uh, what's the name? Uh, like on Twitter, you can have audio chat now with uh, descriptions and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was basically like you tune in, you listen. And then she was like, yeah, if anyone has a question or wants to share something at work, it's a safe place. And it was really, really cool because you had like people who came with actual problems they had at work like real life problems and then yeah. just discussing and bouncing ideas so it was really really casual and valuable. i need to find out <laughs> who it was but yep so yeah there's a lot of places where you can just like either it's audio or like forums or slack communities or i don't remember the name of the tool you use for your community darren oh i use um, engage well i use airmeet yeah. for the ux chit chat hour engage we have a private uh, UX community called Engage. Uh, I don't talk yeah, about it a lot on the show. Don't know why. Uh, we're trying. We're still trying to get it. Uh, people are not. I think people are. You know, they're going to LinkedIn. They're going to Twitter. They're going here. They're going there. They don't think about going over to this Mighty Networks. Is the company behind it? We call it Engage. Um, we're trying to keep it going. Uh, a group of people tried to help resurrect it with me, and let's keep this thing going forward. It's very difficult to do that, so we just have to keep trying. We'll keep trying it, and mm. and we could do the mentoring there. We could we could run it through there. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with ways to do it. But I, I just want to help people out because there are so many people out here that will tell you. I saw a person that was on Instagram offering UX mentoring. This person had three months of experience, and it wasn't even three months. They had been saying they'd been involved for three months. They really didn't have three months of experience. So there's a lot of people. There's some people, they have three years of experience. And and sometimes, do they have something to share? They do. But a lot. I come across a lot of people that have minuscule experience, but they present themselves as someone that has like five or ten times the experience than they actually have. That's dangerous for you. So... When you come across somebody who's mentoring, saying that they will be your mentor, make sure you go to LinkedIn and check out their profile to see who they really are. And and I said this, I think, last week, and I'll say it again. Sometimes you'll come across people, and it looks like they have a lot of experience, and they've only worked at one company. Now, if you work been at a company and you have that longevity, fantastic. But please know and understand that if a person has only worked at one company, their viewpoints are going to lack the diversity 
that you may need in order to really vault you forward. If they've worked at Microsoft, they've only worked at Microsoft, then all they know, all they have to offer you is pretty much a Microsoft point of view. If they worked at Facebook and they've only worked at Facebook, then they really only have a Facebook point of view to offer you and so on and so forth. I don't care what the company is. If that is, you know, is a person that they've been at three or four companies, uh, they're going to have a more a more diverse viewpoint and more likely to be able to impact a broader number of people. I have heard people with the narrow points of view say things that are absolutely dangerous to other people that if you listen to them, and, and here's the problem. When people see the big names, they see the Microsoft, they see the Googles, they see these big names and they go, oh, what do you have to say, oh, great one? Nothing. <laughs> they don't have anything to say. They worked at the big name company and you don't work at the big name company. So unless you work at that same big name company, eh, the value simply isn't there. So please know, understand, and keep those things in mind because you will get more valuable information. And when you turn off your critical thinking, you're susceptible to whatever these people are offering up. So don't do that. You're listening to me and Stephanie. Make sure that you got your critical thinking hat on. Never take your critical thinking hat off for anybody because when you do, everything comes in. Your filter is now gone. Your antenna is down and you will accept anything. And I see people accepting any and everything that, and, and that's not going to help you grow. It's not going to help you achieve success. And I'm sure you want success or you wouldn't be listening to this show. <laughs> so that's folks that's yes. it that's uh we're, we're about to run out of time here so thank you stephanie for taking the time to join me on today and, and we're we're shorter than some of the other ones it's my fault because i've got to run halfway across town so we, we gotta wrap up here but but uh thank you stephanie do you want to tell them why <laughs> because they can't uh, see the shirt but i see it and it's amazing i made a huge mistake i apologize to stephanie i made a huge mistake and i signed up for a I'm like i think i have something to do on saturday but i made a big mistake and i had it on my spreadsheet and didn't put it in my calendar and i'm going to a bowling clinic uh so i'm going to learn how to how to get more, for those of you who understand bowling, more revs. They're going to teach me how to be more accurate and to get more revs. So more rev, revs is short for revolution. So uh, I'm a former professional bowler for those of y'all who didn't know that. And so I, I want to get better. I want to get better at everything. If I'm touching Yay. it, my rule <laughs> is if you're touching it, excel at it. I'm already, I've already operated at professional level status, but I want to get better. I want to be better. And, and, and bowling, it reminds me of UX. You never stop growing. You never stop improving. And like in bowling, if you, if you do something bad because of muscle memory, uh, like I, I was at my new job, they said, hey, you come to town. Maybe they knew I like bowling. Maybe we can all go bowling. I think this is relevant and people will get this UX metaphor I'm about to mention. We can all go bowling. I said, well, I can't. Oh, why is that? I said, because I won't have my equipment with me. But can't you just get a bowling ball from off the rack and some shoes? No, because no. actually people don't know this. Those shoes you get at the bowling alley, when when you go to actually buy bowling shoes, if if the pro shop you're going to, I mean, you can go to a sporting goods shop or you can go to Amazon and they'll ship you anything because you want to buy it. If you go, but if you're serious, you have to go to what's called a pro shop. And the pro shop will say, are you right-handed or left-handed? Why? Uh, yeah. Because 
If you're right-handed, you stop on your left foot. If you're left-handed, you stop. You sl- your last step is a slide stop. You slide, and then you put your heel down, and you stop. So if you're right-handed, you need your left foot, your left shoe has to be structured a certain way. Oof, when you yeah. go to the <laughs> bowling alley, those shoes are are like like ambidextrous shoes, for lack of a better <laughs> word. I don't know the correct term, but they're yeah. identical. So we call those ice skates because we <laughs> because they both slide. <laughs> all, all they're meant to do is to match the size of your foot. That's it. But after that, and that's why you see people in open bowl, some of you who have been open bowling, that's why, oh, that's why I felt like that. Yes, because they gave you a pair of pseudo ice skates and because they don't know what you're going to be doing and, and you're not really, you don't really know what you're doing a lot of times. So there's no telling what foot you're even going to stop on. So that's why they do that. And so I need to, I, I can't rent those because you, uh, it, those aren't my shoes. I can't just grab a ball off the rack because those balls aren't drilled for me. And do you know that you can, bowling is actually dangerous. You can actually get injured easily. Bowling. Yeah, and if you I grab, did. You did? <laughs> yeah, years ago in Germany. <laughs> I got stuck and then I oh my hurt my fingers. Like, if so you, I'm, I'm bad at that. <laughs> if you grab a ball. I, I should not do. <laughs> if you grab a ball that doesn't fit, and you, if it doesn't fit, you will then, what you will do is when you, when you go into the backswing, your hand clenches automatically. Mm. So you'll grab the ball with your hand and you've got two fingers and a thumb inside the ball, usually, most people, 99% of people. You'll grab the ball, so now you're putting strain on your forearm not to mention the fact this ball is going to pretty much fly off your hand or what you just said is going to get stuck because it's not really, it's not yeah. drilled for you. When you get a real ball, they measure your fingers, they measure your thumb, and then now that ball fits you. So now you can roll it and it comes off of your hand the right way. And I know uh, Stephanie can see my video, folks on the listening, <laughs> you can't see that your hand actually it's, 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 it's almost like a yo-yo. Some of us remember having a yo-yo as a kid. That's actually yeah. the proper movement for the wrist. When, you're, when, you're late, when the ball is coming off your hand, if you do that in slow motion, that's what's happening to your hand when you release it. So, so anyway, I can't bowl with you when I come to Chicago because I won't have my equipment. I don't go anywhere without five bowling balls. What? Yeah. So, anyway. That's and and so, but here's what I said all that to say where you get the UX metaphor. If you do something wrong, if you do something that you shouldn't be doing, it can take up to 10,000 repetitions to correct it. 10,000. For those of you out here, I talked to somebody recently. Hey, do you think that I could go to the Google? What do you think about the Google UX uh, uh, certificate program? I said, no, no, you don't want to do that. Some people think it's a good start. You can do other starts that are more viable, more trustworthy, and you don't even have to spend any money to do it. So why spend the money? Why? Because when you expose yourself, whether it's the Google program, not picking on Google, whether it's a Google program, whether it's somebody else is spreading misinformation, um, 
somebody told me the other day, we got, you know, don't, maybe we should approach this UX UI thing differently. Maybe we can say something different to get the message across. And I said, why should we kowtow? Why should we change what we're doing? Just because they're doing the wrong thing. When you start to go down the wrong street, when you start to do the wrong thing, here's your metaphor. When you start to embrace something that you probably should have rejected, when you start to practice or move your body in a way that it shouldn't move, do you realize you have to spend time unlearning it? Do you realize that it takes energy, time, effort to offset the thing that you expose yourself <laughs> to? So 10,000 repetitions, if I grab that ball and start grabbing Every time when I pick up my own equipment, guess what I'll start doing in my backswing? I'll start grabbing because I taught my muscles to do it. And it's going to take up to 10,000 repetitions to eliminate that from my game. I don't have time to do that. My score is going to come down. I'm going to start letting my team down. I don't want to do that. Do you want to let your UX team down because you expose yourself to misinformation? Do you want to do you want to let your clients and your companies down or or damage the perception of the discipline or the value associated with the discipline of UX because you started getting around the wrong people? Somebody said, oh, this great person, he he did such a great talk at this conference the other day. I saw it this morning when I woke up and looked at LinkedIn. Yeah, but that guy's a troll. And and and, and I know that if I go and listen to that talk, which I don't want to do because I know how he is. And if you go and you listen to this person, you're going to hear something that's going to get in your system and now you got to work to get it out. So no, the person's a troll. I don't care what he talked about. If, 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 if he said something worth grasping, somebody else that's not risky is saying the same thing. I don't need to go and listen to him. So you don't want to, if you want to grow in UX, if, if you want to go the right way, you're going to need to make sure that you are always keep your critical thinking hat on, make sure you're evaluating what you come in contact with and start to lay aside things that are contrary or not really going to be helpful. Don't just embrace something because you think it's taking you forward. Just go pick up a viable book and that'll take you forward. You don't have any issues, but, but don't be the bowler, the equivalent to the bowler that's using all the all you need the, to the do person. an article on that <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah <laughs> UX I and bowling. because it's it a does. good metaphor it, actually yeah yeah it's a good metaphor it is yeah. i mean for somebody who knows i know if you don't know about bowling and you go bowl you aren't hurting anything it's the point at which you begin to learn it's the point at which you begin to understand what's the right way it's bowling is normally a four-step approach maybe five you can augment it and maybe you could do six but if you're right-handed you stop on your left foot if you're left-handed you stop on your right foot you follow through you you look there's arrows there's dots there's 39 boards from from one to 39 from right to left people don't even realize all of these things there's a release point there's a target there's a break point there's there's so much it's such a technical thing sound familiar so is ux and the more you learn about it, the more you need to pay attention to those things and get better at it so you can not only benefit yourself, not only get a job, so you can benefit the discipline, right? So you can benefit, the, don't just benefit you, benefit the discipline. And because we're still in our infantile stages, actually, you're talking approximately 20 years and there's a bunch of people that today that still don't know what UX is. I talked to somebody yesterday that said that they're, they're, CTO, I think it is, their chief technical officer doesn't believe in UX and scrapped the entire UX team because he doesn't like UX, so he just eliminated the whole team. Oh gosh! And that that company's about to kiss their 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 um their profitability goodbye because for every dollar you invest, up to two hundred and fifty dollars in return. He nixed the entire 
experienced design team. Just because he doesn't believe in UX. He, so he's been exposed to somebody who misrepresented the discipline. Yeah. And that's, that's what interesting. He's probably been exposed to some of the people who are like faking it out there, faking it until they make it and they cost him something and he didn't like it. So that now that costs these five, six or seven people, their jobs. That's why you got it. All of you out there, you impact the discipline. You're important to the discipline. How you proceed is critical to all of our success, not just yours, not just yours. So, but again, thank you for taking the time to be with me again uh, today on Stephanie. <laughs> any parting words for the audience today? Uh, no, if you have uh, fear of missing out of my LinkedIn post, I also put them on the blog every week. So Excellent. <laughs> you can Excellent. get them back there as an archive. So Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, folks. So Stephanie, if you missed her post, go to her blog and then you can get the information, dynamite information that she shares out there. You got to connect with Stephanie Walter, who the, the German. Thanks a lot. So folks, that's all the time we have for today. I got to run off to my clinic so I can be a better bowler. Again, thank you to our guest, Stephanie Walter. We'll have another guest on next week. Until next time, this is Darren Hood, the host of the World of UX, signing off. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.